Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Mayor Tom Henry podcast. I hope everyone had a fun and relaxing weekend. Now this is episode number 31, recorded on Monday, August 26th, 2019 from Citizen Square in downtown Fort Wayne. On today's episode, we're going to discuss a slightly different topic than usual, but one I think you will enjoy. With fall quickly approaching, we'll be talking college football, more specifically the University of St. Francis football program. And for great insight on the Cougars, I'm thrilled to be joined by longtime head coach and friend, Kevin Donnelly. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Mr. Mayor. Uh, why don't you give us a little background about yourself? You've been to the University of St. Francis uh, since the beginning of their football program. Uh, but could you tell us a bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, where you went to school, and so on? Well, I grew up in Springfield, Ohio, about a halfway point between Columbus and Dayton, Ohio. Grew up in a little uh, Irish parish. Uh, started playing CYO football in the <laughs> fifth grade and all that stuff. Still got, you know, back then they taught you to lead with the head. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> still got to deal with brain, brain trauma in those days, probably. But um, grew up there, went to high school there, went on to college, played college football. And then... Uh, Where'd you I, go to college? Anderson University. Anderson University, yeah. I'll be nine. I uh, originally had planned on going to the University of Dayton, mm -hmm. but it was Vietnam time oh, yeah. back then. And uh, I had committed to go to the University of Dayton, had a, uh, one of my best friends in high school come home, did not make it. Yeah. And that really affected me, and I decided I wasn't going to college. I was going to Vietnam. And mothers have influence. Yes, they you know do. How that is. <laughs> so wanted me to go to college, and then if you want to go to the military, okay. So uh, I went back to the University of Dayton. John McVeigh was the head coach at mm -hmm. that time. His grandson is now the head coach with the uh, Rams. Oh, my gosh. So... Uh, Scholarships were gone at that time, so I ended up had a high school coach. She was a alumni of Anderson University, so that's where I ended up. So, so when did you start coaching then? Of college, I actually student taught at Westfield High School, just north of Carmel, mm -hmm. and um, the principal there offered me a job um, when I was done student teaching. So I started that next fall of '73. I was a defensive coordinator for football, head JV basketball, head baseball, top five biology <laughs> classes, sophomore class sponsor. <laughs> Kept me busy. I bet. But the, so you left, you, you coached there, but then you got into collegiate football. Well, actually, actually um, I got a call from my alma mater. Uh, one of the assistant coaches became the head coach. There. He was also the athletic director, and we had had some success in high school level on defense. He wanted to know if I'd come back and, and take the defense. So, 24 years of age, three years of high school experience, oh. um, I'm a defensive coordinator in college. And he uh, decided to get out of football after two years and just be athletic director. So at age 26, I'm a head coach. Head coach. <laughs> oh, my God. So how long were you there then? 
I was um, coordinator there two years, head coach four years. And then uh, got offered the job at Georgetown College, mm -hmm. which was Division Two right. at that time. So it was kind of a move up. Big pay increase. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got almost ten thousand yeah, dollars more. <laughs> so uh, I went to Georgetown. I was a seventh coach in seven years. So that shows you how smart oh, I boy. was. But an opportunity. We struggled the first four years. And, uh, mm -hmm. Finally, got things going in the right direction. I actually, got fired after year four. Oh, geez. and I had a group of faculty that went in to the president and said, "He's doing the right things. We're getting good kids. We're not winning football games yet, but be patient." So I got fired about nine o'clock on a Monday morning, and I got rehired about three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> fired, fired, hired. Back in one day. Um. So then I. Uh, Spent uh, a total of 11 years there, won the national title in 1991, moved on from there. Is that where St. Francis hired you from then? No, I actually then, from Georgetown, I got a job at a pretty large state university in Pennsylvania. Uh, I was there four years, didn't do so well. Uh, probably I learned the most, uh, and sometimes you do with, with rough experiences. And um, I had never heard tell of St. Francis College. And a longtime friend of mine who, we worked summer camps together for years. His son and my daughter, they were planning on their wedding uh, when they were in kindergarten, I think. <laughs> the name of Terry Hepner. Oh yeah. Terry uh, sure. was a Woodland grad from Fort Wayne. And uh -huh. uh, he said, hey, there's this little Catholic college getting ready to start football in my hometown. And it's a great football area, it's a great town, there's great people. He said, I think it'd just be a gold mine. Uh -huh. So he applied for me. He had a copy of my resume. <laughs> he applied for me, and about a week later, I get a call from the athletic director wanting to know if I would come to Fort Wayne to talk about starting football. So lo and behold, that's how it started. And as a result of your time at St. Francis, which has been how many years now? Well, I started St. Patty's Day, so that's the same good luck, in 97. We didn't play the first year. We brought in, I think, 47 redshirt freshmen. <laughs> that first spring of 98, we had 47 guys out. Half of them, I don't think, knew how to put on a football helmet. Oh, my Lord. And that's first spring game, it, it was really pathetic. I, I always <laughs> joke, if we played the nuns, they'd have probably won by two years. <laughs> but as a result of your perseverance and your coaching, you are now the winningest coach ever in NAIA football. How do you feel about that? that that's true, uh, winningest active coach in all divisions right now. That's because I've been at it a long time. And I started at 26, I'm now 68, still going strong. Well, it uh, takes more than that though, Coach. Obviously, it takes uh, the mental capacity, seriously, to put all of that together. I don't think a lot of people realize uh, what a head football coach goes through, uh, not only putting together a team, but the, the mental preparation 
and, and the development of the strategies and so on. So I think you're being very modest, uh, being the winningest, winningest coach uh, in any division. Uh, it, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of brain power, and not just not just brute strength of your football players. Well, for a guy that graduated with a perfect 2.00, it's quite an accomplishment. Um, I, think I have recruits and their families. You know, what's different about what you do in the USF program and the competition? Uh, is it the facilities? Our facilities are adequate. Is it the money? Probably not at the upper end in terms of scholarship aid and things. What do we do best? I think is teach kids how to maximize performance and mm -hmm. become the best they can be. Not mm -hmm. only as football players, but as people. You know, we like winning games and winning championships and all that good stuff. Probably the most rewarding thing for me is somebody that's been away from the game 15, 20, 30 years, now 40. I had my mm -hmm. first grandson after the oh, last class. I've had a lot of former sons of players. But, you know, some of the, the core values and the foundation that we learned mm -hmm. in football. It applies now to our business. We're still doing the, the same things. And so I think there's so many parallels to mm -hmm. teaching team, mm -hmm. whether it be on a football field or in a business of any kind. Well, there's no question. I've had the pleasure of attending a lot of the games at St. Francis, and there's no question that you built uh, a team. Rarely did I ever see just one person stand out. Uh, Unquestionably, quarterbacks get a lot of attention, and I can understand that. But I've watched your your team in the locker room. I've watched them after games, and it truly is uh, a team effort. And I think you've instilled that in them, and that's how you win championships. In fact, I know St. Francis won one in, in 2016. And in 2017, as a matter of fact, I, I got to go down to Florida and, and watch. Uh, and then last year, you just missed it. Uh, we're now entering into 2019. Uh, what's it look like, Coach? Well, we just finished two days, and everybody has rubber oh, legs, including the coaches right now. Um, but, you know, I think we'll make a good run at it again. Again, we're going to compete hard. Uh, we, we lost a tremendous uh, talent pool, particularly on defense with the three linebackers. Mm -hmm. Man, that may have been the best trio ever in mm -hmm. NAIA football. And all those guys are going to be successful and they're doing well in what they wanted to do. Um, we'll be challenged there, but I think we're very strong defensively uh, and deep in the defense line and the secondary. Offensively, we uh, graduated two, actually one, because uh, one that we were counting on last year was out with injury most of the year. So we got most of the core back there. Our, our quarterback, Matt Crable, um, was like a freshman mm -hmm. last year. So now he's more confident, more comfortable in his role because quarterback is, is got to be a, a leader just by position. So yeah, I can see him settling in and feeling more comfortable. You know, we talked a little bit about the University of St. Francis and of course, that's my alma mater, so uh, I'm, I'm very uh, uh, sensitive to, to the university itself. Uh, and one of my jobs as mayor is to uh, obviously push those colleges and universities that have decided to uh, call Fort Wayne home. 
but I've always come from more of an administrative position academically. You're looking at it uh, more than just that. You look at it from a from a sports perspective, and uh, and, 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 and in ways that uh, uh, not everyone has a chance to see University of St. Francis. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the, the university itself? Now, I know Sister Elise is going to be leaving uh, at the end of, I think, this coming academic year. Uh, but, uh, and so, and you've worked for her just about your whole time there, I think. The old uh, the, uh, So, how do you see St. Francis as, as, a, as a university? You know, we compete with a lot of other colleges and universities in the area, and we're trying to keep our young people here. What would make them want to stay and go to St. Francis? Well, it's a faith-based university. There are not many times you go into mm -hmm. uh, an all-athlete meeting, which we had yesterday, and the athletic director or whoever's conducting the meeting, you start with prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, it, it's a faith-centered community. When I first came, I fell in love with the sisters, the culture. Um, you know, our, our, our job is to try to teach young people to be the best they can be and deal with all the adversities in life. Last week, we had three team members, their mothers diagnosed with cancer, oh, one terminal. And so you, you make a phone call and all of a sudden you've you got 24-7 prayer for all those individuals and their families and power of prayer is extremely strong. And. Um, you know, we were able to, to find ways to overcome all that pain and difficulty that, that you have to go through in life. Well, Coach, there's going to come a day eventually when you hang up your cleats and, uh, and call it a day coaching. Uh, what would you like to be, uh, how would you like to be remembered? I mean, they talk to me all the time about my legacy. Uh, what would you like your legacy to be at, at the University of St. Francis or football coaching in general? Well, you know, we're all worried about our legacy. What do we leave behind? I hope that uh, when I'm done, kids can look back and say, I learned a lot. Football was a great classroom learning experience, and it will affect me in my life. And I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time with it. Um, you learn how to make the tough times, the difficult times, a positive experience. And that's what you're going to do. I mean, you know, the core values of our, our, our group, you know, is integrity. You've got to have a positive attitude and body language. You've got to be accountable for responsibility. And you have to find a way to overcome adversity in your life. Those things, we're going to do our best to give you that. And, there, and you know, all the adversities, some are controllable, some aren't. Uh, the uncontrollables, we had three big C's last week, you know. so. How do you deal with that? You know, I mean, you, you gotta, gotta pray. You gotta mm -hmm. look for the support around you to get through the uncontrollable setbacks. Um, the controllables sometimes are self-inflicted. <laughs> so we wanna make sure that we're trying to do the right things to, we don't shoot ourselves in the foot with issues. Coach, I'm gonna throw kind of a curveball at you uh, because it, it's something that's come up in the last few days. Uh, that has obviously gained a lot of attention, and understandably so, but only you as a coach, I think, uh, can really see um, uh, the challenge that this individual 
had and what he went through. And I'm talking about Andrew Luck and his, um, his need to retire at the, at the age of 29 years old. Uh, there's all kinds of talk right now about whether or not uh, he should have retired uh, and, uh, uh, and what he might have been going through, not only physically but mentally. Uh, most of his players, if not all of them that they've talked to, uh, supported his decision. What really bothered me was when he was walking off the preseason game, walking off the field, a lot of fans booed him. Uh, but I don't think they understood. Uh, I, I obviously didn't understand what he had been going through. Uh, but you, I think you uh, have a special perspective of football players. Uh, what's your, what are your feelings about what he felt he had to do? Well, fans are ruthless, yeah, man. and it's all about their team winning and you being a part of that. Uh, he's a neat young man. He's been on our campus the last five or six years, having summer camp for Riley Hospital. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of respect for him. He's uh, not only an outstanding quarterback, but he's just a great person, fun mm -hmm. guy to be around, talk to. Mm -hmm. Didn't have the big end, down-to-earth mm -hmm. guy. And only he knows what his body goes through. Being an athlete, particularly at the professional level, is demanding. He's got a family. He has to make choices and um, family first. God didn't make us, uh, give us the right to judge anyone. You know, he made the call. You have to support it whether you like it as a Colts fan or not. But um, he'll do well in whatever else he decides to do with his life. I mean, he's just beginning. He's had a great football career, and now life goes on. You have to go on to the next challenge. You know, we probably could talk the rest of this morning about football. And again, I've had the pleasure of going to a number of USF games, and I certainly uh, would encourage all of our listeners uh, to, to take a day and go out and watch a game. It's a whole different level uh, than some of the uh, professional games you go to. You're literally uh, up close to the players. Uh, and that it's a whole different perspective. Uh, so I would encourage uh, anyone to go out on, on a Saturday afternoon when, when the team's at home. And uh, I think it would be a tremendously enjoyable experience. Coach, you've, uh, as always, you've been a, a real gentleman and, and, and a scholar today. I love talking to you about football. Uh, but that's all the time we have for today. So, Coach, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And, and before we go, uh, how can our listeners follow the Cougars this season? Uh, you've got a tremendous schedule. And, uh, uh, again, anytime uh, they're at home, uh, we'd love to have uh, we'd love to have all of our listeners come out sure. and watch a game. But how, how, how can they get hold of uh, the schedule? Well, you can listen on Redeemer Radio. Mm -hmm. We're, all of our games are on the radio there. Um, and then Summit City Sports. Ah, uh, we actually sure. do uh, uh, streamline so mm -hmm. they can actually watch the game. Um, my mother's watched every game <laughs> seven hours away. So you can watch it. You can listen to it. Um, and you can always come out. Our first home game is not until September 28th. We're on the road in Chicago to start things out. But uh, tough schedule. Uh, 
you know, if you get through this conference schedule and qualify for postseason, you got a got a shot at the title. Coach, I want to thank all of our listeners for, for tuning in today. It's another great day in the city of Fort Wayne. Let's keep our momentum going. In the meantime, this is Mayor Tom Henry. Have a great rest of your day.